Amen. Take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I've been preaching for a while. Not as long as most, but I've been preaching for a while. And um, God showed me something that was very interesting. Whenever we're leading someone to the Lord, we always use Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, correct? Usually, yeah. And so I've been using it for years. And Lord, the Lord said, David, you got to start preaching in chapter 10, but you got to start with the first verse. I said, okay, God. And listen to what God has to say. This is awesome. Brethren. My heart's desire and my prayer to God is prayer to God for them is for their salvation. (laughs) Wow. He just directed. He listened to what Paul said and then listen to what he said. And then think about where you are. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. Where are you at? Is that your heart's desire? Is that your prayer to God for their salvation? Well, who's there? Who's them? Who's they? You can get real country with it if you want. Or who they be. Whatever you want to say. But is it for their salvation? Or is it for, Lord, please straighten them up and help them act right? See, that's not the purpose that's not the mission, is it? My heart's desire. My, you know, we had Sunday school was awesome this morning, y'all. In the class that we were in, we had a family bring up something, and it just took over the it just took over the Sunday school class. And we realized when we got through with the class, everything that was in our way of God. Our class this morning was about understanding God. And do we really understand God? And do you know how little we understand God? Because of all this stuff that's going on in our lives, everything that we have. And one of the one of the students in the class brought up this fact. Uh, She said, she said, it's it's, it's, we've allowed the world to just take over everything. And we've conformed. We didn't say conform, but we were doing what the world wants us to do. And our heart's desire is not what God desires. But our heart's desire is to get through each and every day. We spend our lives busy, 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 busy. When in reality, and this goes right with the Sunday school lesson, in reality, we should stop and look at people and have a desire for them to be saved. We should stop and look and have a desire for them to be saved. Not a desire to do right, or what our version of right, not that desire. Look at verse 2. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. Wow. You know what a zeal is? You know what an, you know what it's, 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 it's not, it's more than just excitement. I'm excited. Okay. You can get excited, but a zeal for God. What is that? Is it through, wow, there we go. Brother Royce preaching from the pew. But he's right. Enthusiasm for God. 
It's not some mundane thing that we just do week to week. He's not just someone we acknowledge when we remember. But there's a zeal. There's a precious thing about God that's been embedded in us that we cannot contain, that we cannot, we can't squash it. We got to let it out. And he's praying that when they get saved, they have that zeal. And let me tell you something, when it really happens, you have that zeal, don't you? I can't talk about the one Brad led to the Lord. Brad was fired up about it. All I can talk to you about is the one that God used me to speak to. And I called Amy afterwards, and we were talking. We, when did we talk? We talked, and we, we started having, like, church on the phone. We just got excited because she started talking about the races last week when she was over there. And, and let me tell you something. When the zeal gets on you, when you get a zeal for God, and you get a zeal for the status of people's salvation, nothing else matters. Don't care. Don't want to, hey, hey, guess what? Guess what? And this is going to be recorded. I don't want to get promoted at work. I want to stay right there as a bottom dweller at work so I can continue to do the work of the Lord that I need to do. I don't care about the promotion because a promotion at work is a demotion in my spiritual life. I'm not saying that there can't be CEOs and all these other people that serve God and everything, but things will start consuming you, won't they? That'll start getting in your way. And in that zeal for God, it'll fade. That enthusiasm will fade. And you'll be more concerned about knowledge than you will be God. I want to know the Bible from front to back. Mm. Okay. That's a good thing, but to what extent, for what purpose, to what benefit? Just to say you know it or to take it and be enthusiastic about it? To come into, you know, you think about we have a zeal in this church for each other. We have an enthusiasm for each other, don't we? I mean, all I got to do is tell y'all, hey, start hugging. And guess what happens? Y'all start hugging, won't you? You grab each other and start hugging, and hey, you know, I like this, and you'll talk about, you know, Jennifer's got new hair, praise God, you know, that's good. You know, I'm excited about that. You know, all these different things, you know. Heather's got on a dress today, well, praise God, you know. That's good, you know. And David, he's sitting back there being David, praise God, that's just good, you know what I mean? We have a zeal for each other. We have a zeal, but, but we're, but. It is called love. And b- 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 where, where is it for God in towards salvation of others? Where is it? Go to verse 3. <coughs> Excuse me. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law of right for righteousness and to everyone who believes. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on the law shall live by that righteousness. You see, when we're when we're out telling people about Jesus. When Jamie was sitting was in that hospital, he was laying in his bed. And I'm going to share it. I'll tell you. He was laying there and he. And and I said, I sat down in the chair, and y'all, I mean, it happened quick. 
I went in. I sat down. We hugged each other first, and I sat down, and God said, don't beat around the bush. I said, Jamie, what's going on? He sat up. He said, if I died today, I'm not, I'm not, I know I wouldn't go to heaven. Woo, 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 hey, woo, woo. And, uh, you know, I'm serious. My proverbial hair was blowing back. I was, I was like, God, this easy? He said, if I died today, I wouldn't go to heaven. Okay, well, we can fix that right now. He said, I want to fix it right now. I'm telling you, I've fastest salvation ever seen in my life. I mean, witnessing. I didn't beat around the bush. He didn't beat around the bush. And with seven, within seven minutes, this young man was praying to Jesus to save his soul. And guess what he did? Boom, he saved his soul. Woo, praise God. And let me tell you something. He wasn't believing. He said, I've been going to church for so long. He said, I accepted Jesus. Well, I thought I did at age seven, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I just followed everyone, and I followed everyone, and I was just practicing what everybody was doing at the church. Hey, look at what Moses said. For Moses writes, look at verse five. Moses writes that the man who practices righteousness, which is based on the law, shall live by that righteousness. Jamie was tired of living by his righteousness, and he needed to start living by God's righteousness. Because you know what salvation does? It simply does this. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you put your faith and trust in him. Guess what? God says, okay, you believe my righteousness. Boom, I put it on you in the discussion. It's that simple. It's that simple. No burnt offerings. No peace offerings. None of that. You believe, he placed. You believe, he placed. Jamie believed, he placed. That was that simple. It was that simple. And, and that's what has to be explained to all of us. Because now there's got to be an enthusiasm that's got to come. There's got to be an enthusiasm that has to come. There has to be a zeal that has to be there. It can't, it's not optional. It's really not optional. Your zeal for God, it's not optional. It really isn't. When we, when we talk and we plan and we do and we, we all of these things, it just, it, it, it's got to come. I can't put it in any other technical terms. Y'all, I might sound like I'm speaking gibberish, but I hope you get what I'm saying. His, the zeal for God, let me explain it to you this way. Has anyone ever told you something and you believed it? Has anyone ever told you something and you believed it? Not, 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 not scripturally. Has anyone ever just said something and you believed it? Well, there's a tree that's blown down in the road and you didn't see it. But did you believe them then when they told you the tree was blown down in the road? Did you? Most of the time people can say, when someone tells you, hey, uh, the store has such and such on sale. Well, what do you do? Well, you apparently you believe them, and you're like, if that's what you're looking for, you go get it, don't you? You get it. You 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 go and you do something. Well, well, well. You know, government is starting to give out their government cheese again. 
They're giving it away at the, at, the, at the Civic Center. Guess what? I believe you. I'm going to go get me some government cheese. And you're all excited about how your grilled cheese sandwiches are going to start tasting so much better now because you got the government cheese back. Right? But there's an excitement about that. There's an excitement. But you go, don't you? You go without even having proof that the government cheese is there. Then you show up. And it's not. Right? You show up and it's not there. Or it's the wrong date. All of these different things. And then you get dejected like, man, I really wanted some government cheese. Man, I really wanted this. Man, I was coming to see that tree laying in the road. Man, that's what I was looking for. There you go. That's what I was looking for. And it didn't happen. But it's not like that with God. Listen to the scripture again. Look at verse 6. But righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to who will bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth confessing, resulting in salvation. Does anyone question that right now? You don't question that. So guess what? You're not going to face the disappointment of the cheese not being there. Your salvation is there, which takes you back to verse 2, where you should have the zeal for God. Got to be there. I'm going to keep using Jamie because he's just so fresh in my mind. But he said, he said, Brother David, I've been sitting there and listening to you preaching, and I'm getting it. He said, and I, I, he said, I didn't know what to do. He said, I really didn't know what to do at first. I was getting it, but I, and I understood it, but I didn't know what to do. And I've been meaning to talk to you about this because I've been feeling this way. And Jamie's been coming for a while now, and he's been sitting there, and he's been listening, and he didn't know. But the spirit was speaking to him. The spirit was telling him, hey, you got it. I'm calling you now. It's time. You better go. You better do something. And he and he he opened up. And now he hasn't stopped texting me yet. Okay, he texted me like, what scripture did you tell me to read? What version of the Bible? I took him a Bible down there. He wants to read it. He wants to study it. He wants to understand it. That zeal that came from salvation, guess what? It's there. And when I see it, it ignites me. Because guess what? He's not disappointed. He's not let down. You shouldn't be let down. You're going to face disappointments in this world, but you've got to understand what's going to happen is the zeal for God shouldn't change. Just because. Just because. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you know what? We're all going to find out one day. He's going to be there. He is there. The Holy Spirit is working. We're not going to be. Look at verse 11. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. He won't let you down. 
So the zeal of salvation, the enthusiasm of salvation should be there. The excitement of day one. The excitement. Miss Pam, you're holding your grandchild. Are you tired of him yet? That excitement from when he came is still there, isn't it? Right? We have three grandchildren. Bonnie gets tired of them. <laughs> but she keeps them all day long. Okay. Just kidding. She never, but when they come, guess what? That excitement, that zeal for them still comes. Yes, it's going to be a long day. Yes, it's going to be a hard day. Yes, it's going to be a busy day. But the excitement for them doesn't go away, does it? The zeal, God hasn't disappointed you. Has anyone heard the message? Has anyone heard a message that Jesus Christ is not coming? Huh? Has anyone heard that? Has anyone heard a message that said Jesus Christ is not the Son of God? You haven't heard that, have you? I mean, people that don't believe say that. But I'm talking about preachers who stand and preach the word of God. Have you walked out of church disappointed because the preacher said, this is as good as it's going to get and ain't going to get no better and don't worry about looking for no heaven? Have you heard that message? No. What do we stand up here and spit and preach about all day long? It's the return of Christ. Go tell someone else because he's coming back and it's going to be soon. Well, I've been hearing that for a long, long time. Ignore your clock. Let that be your last breath. Jesus is coming back soon. Well, you're 103 years old and he ain't come back during your time. Don't worry about my time. You better understand God's time. Jesus is coming back soon. See, God hasn't disappointed for those who believe. All of you, every last one of you sitting in here have been in the pit and you've been on the mountaintop. You've been in the pit, you've been on the mountaintop, and yet God has brought you through every time. You haven't been disappointed in the fact that he's plucked your hand out of the fire every few times, have you? Praise God. Look, I'm just telling you, look at this. Where's the zeal? Where's the enthusiasm? I stopped by to see Miss Jean Friday. She had her surgery and she's all I stopped by and get, but guess what? Guess what that 93-year-old woman has? Zeal for God. She said, I know the Lord is gonna take care of me. 93 years. I know the Lord is gonna take care of me. I know he's looking out for me. I ain't worried about this. Yeah, I went through this. And, me, and she's so, and I love the way she does it. Yeah, I had this and I had that and I went through this. And she's scratching her arm. She's like, you know, but I know the Lord's good. You know what? You can't do nothing with that. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't walk out of there speaking with her and be disappointed. You understand? And guess what that does? That don't do nothing but fire you up more when you walk out. And you find, hey, God doesn't disappoint. 
She went from being in the hospital to sitting up preaching to the preacher. And I'm about like, y'all, Miss Jean starts talking. My butt can only handle about 20 minutes of that. I got to go. You know, Brother David, you can only preach about 20 minutes and it's time to go. <laughs> but, but the result of salvation is she's not living by the law that Moses taught. She's not living by anything else. She's not disappointed and her enthusiasm has not waned. Her enthusiasm has not faded. Her problems have not shut her down. Because guess what? She believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. She confessed him with his mouth, with her mouth, and she believes in her heart, and she got saved. Look at verse 13. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then there's a period right after the end of it. I don't know why I'm taking my glasses off. He, he said, call him. He said, call on him, and he'll save you. He said, call on him, and he'll save you. Can it get any easier than that for us, y'all? Can it get any easier for that person that's lost? Can it get any easier? You don't have to go fill out a form. You don't have to get on your name on the church roll. You don't have to, hey, guess what you don't have to do? You don't have to have a secret handshake like Fred Flintstone used to have when, when the Royal Order of Water Buffaloes and they did all that other stuff. You don't have to do any of that stuff. All you got to do is call on the name of the Lord, and he'll save you. Where's the enthusiasm for that? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it in your heart? Where is, what is your heart's desire? Hey, why aren't we screaming from the rooftops? Guess what, y'all? There's a God that loves you, and all you got to do is call on him from your heart, and he'll save you. Why is that so hard for us to say? Why is it so hard for us to do? Why? Why? I don't have the answer. I'm asking the church. What's the answer? It's too easy. We don't have to hold control, alt, and delete to get it done. Or if you're on an Apple, I don't know, whatever you do. Dinker, dinker, do, or whatever you got to do back there on the apple. But all we, but we don't have to do it. All we have to say is, hey, Jesus Christ died for you. Call on him. I know your week is hard, but call on him, and guess what's going to happen? He's going to save you. He's going to change your life forever. He will make a difference in your situation. He will. He has. He's changed my life. He's taken me. And he said, David, you unworthy person. 
but you believe. So I make you worthy. Boom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. 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 You can't say it enough. You're right, Miss Linda. So my life has to be thankful for him, doesn't it? It's got to be God. God, you haven't disappointed me. God, you have saved me. God, you have changed my life. And then my coworkers, guess what they need to see? They need to see. <laughs> Why are you so thankful? I'm saved. I had a visit Friday for my lawyer friend. And she came down. I'm sitting at my desk. And she sits down at my desk. And she starts talking about some things. And I gave her this perspective from God. I said, well, you know, God, he doesn't want us. He doesn't want us to give all these beautiful statements and all of these wonderful things. He wants some substance to what we do. And she said, how can you be so upbeat like this? I said, I'm just thankful to God for saving me. I said, I, I, can't, I can't explain it any other way, but God saved me. And he saved a young man yesterday in the hospital who was knocked flat on his back by pneumonia. And God used that to save this young man. I said, life ain't that bad when God is saving people. And he's doing whatever it takes. I said, so what you're upset about, I can't get upset about because God saved me. And I'm not disappointed. Do I look the way I want to look? Nah. Do I smell the way I want to smell? Yeah, I'm pretty good. <laughs> Do I speak the way I want to speak? No, I'm... I'm slowly catching Alabama-itis. I'm doing and dunning and all this other stuff. But God has not disappointed me. And so guess where my zeal is? That heart of salvation from day one. When I was told, don't ask so many questions, just we just do it. I got to know why we do it. I want to know why we do it. And if we shouldn't be doing it, then I want to do what we should be doing so I can enjoy what I'm doing. Y'all want to know why I do this? Anybody guess? Anybody want to take a guess why I do this? Oh, man, I enjoy it. I love it. Why do you do what you do? Why are you who you are? Hmm? Why? Why? Is it because God has done a mighty work in you? 
Woo. Jennifer, you come a long way, haven't you? Sam, you've come a long way, haven't you? Chris, long way. Miss Liz, you come a long way. You're two feet closer to your husband than you were a week ago. <laughs> Miss Tammy, you've come a long way, haven't you? Don, what has God done? Miss Frida, you've, what has he done for you? You've come a long way. Christy, what has he done for you? Come on. Come on. Praise his holy name. I look at Brother Roy. I look at him. If you ever just sit down and talk to him since Miss Joe went home to be with the Lord, he'll tell you he has a struggle. He'll tell you it's different. But God hasn't disappointed him. God hasn't let him down. God hasn't given up. And the same zeal that this man had when his wife sat next to him, he still got it today. See, that's the work of salvation. That's the work of salvation. That is the work of salvation. And that's the way it comes out. It doesn't come out bitter. It doesn't come out angry. It doesn't come out mad. It doesn't come out any other way other than, thank you, Lord. I'm closing with this statement. Last week when I preached at Chandler Mountain, they're still in their smaller sanctuary because their larger sanctuary has been condemned because the rafters are bad. And they've been waiting to raise enough money to get the sanctuary fixed. And let me tell you how salvation works. See, it's when you go back to verse when you go back to verse one. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. For I in verse two says, for I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. So. Recently, a church member passed away up there. This church member had a lot of money. And this church member's zeal for God allowed her to leave everything, including the home that she lived in, to the church. All her vehicles, all her, her, her home, which they're going to sell, all her money, everything, she left to the church. The church didn't have the money to fix the rafters. Now they do. Now they can rebuild their sanctuary. And when I was up there last week, and, and they, were in that little, they were in that little bitty youth sanctuary area, which is about the size of this section of our church. About that size. And they came in loving God, praising God, worshiping God, singing to God, 
and all of that. And you know what? They were doing that before they got left all that money. The, their heart's desire was to continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, was to continue not in knowledge but in spirit, to continue on. And their zeal never waned. Did their numbers reduce? Yeah. Some people are like, I can't go in the crowded sanctuary. The music's too loud. All of these different things. But there was a group that said, I love Jesus too much. I'll have church in a pine box if I have to. And guess what? This woman that had zeal for God, everything I own when I die, it goes to the church. And she joined the church back in 2011. And right after she joined that church, she signed over everything to them. They weren't aware of it. She made her will out. They weren't even aware of it. And now they got a house sitting on 28 acres that they're selling up on that mountain. That's going to bring a pretty penny. They've already sold. She had a brand new F-150 and something else. That's going to bring a penny, pretty penny. They've sold it, plus what was in her bank account. That's a zeal. It's not about the things, but it's about the zeal that this person had for God that you're going to continue to work. And they ain't asked for none of it to be left in her name. She, they didn't ask for no plaques. Didn't ask for no pews or nothing like that. Didn't ask for nothing. Just, I'm leaving it to God. You get the zeal, you get the heart's desires. All because she was saved. All because she was saved. Hopefully I didn't beat you up. Hopefully I didn't beat you up today, but hopefully you understand. Because she was saved, because I'm saved, Lord, all I can do is say thank you and give it right back. All I can do is say thank you and serve. All I can do is say thank you and go. That's all I can do. Brother Bill is laying on his back every week, working on his RV to get it ready to go to Kentucky. You know why he's doing it? Because he's going, his heart's desire is to go and see people saved. So he's going to change his brake lines on his RV so he can get it going. You know? Hey, hey look, I'm driving my rig up there. You know why I'm going? Not so we can have a vacation, but so we can go. And our heart's desire is for what? For God to be glorified for salvation to come to people that may not know him. That's the zeal. That's the enthusiasm. Guess what? You all are having an opportunity to participate. Miss May is crocheting scars for those who don't have them. You're going to have an opportunity to donate food, support missionaries to Guatemala. Guess what? What is it? How much of our budget goes to missions? A third now? A third of our budget goes to missions. You know what that means? That means that a church has got a mind and a heart's desire for God and those that need to be saved. Keep applying it in your life. Keep asking yourself where it is. I didn't, hey, let it continue to grow and fester. Let it be your heart's desire. 
Some of you may only be, be able to bring a bag of rice or a can. I'm not plugging in for the trip. I'm just letting you know what's going to happen. But understand, you may only be able to do that. But let, let, that, let it be known, whatever you do, it's your heart's desire that someone receives it to be saved. Every shoebox that gets packed. That's Tina's, what's your heart's desire? It's fall in the hands of somebody who doesn't know Jesus. And you send eight million over there and two million people get saved? Man, praise God, you yeah! I can't sit on it no more. I really wish I had an hour and a half to preach. Not to beat up on you, but I... got so much to say about what God has done just right here in my life. That's why I enjoy the testimony services. Because get to hear what people, what God has done in your life and how he's changed your life. That's why you could call, I can call up Amy and she can say, man, I was over at that racetrack and, and God came up and you think about it, the racetrack and they're, they, you know, they're looking for Budweiser and Miller Lite, right? And the guy walks up to the booth and says, hey, I want one of your Bibles. She turned around and there were no Bibles and one was, one was laying there. She didn't know whose it was, but guess what happened? It's his now. <laughs> Praise God. If you walk up and take my Bible and give it to someone because they need it, guess what? It don't matter to me. I don't care who, guess who gave me this Bible? Jesus did. And he gave it to me to give it to somebody else. See, that's a zeal for God. And you got people out there, hey, they're in the racetrack. They're, they're, they're thinking they're going to go see somebody win a race. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. And at the end of the day, they win the race that, that really matters. That really matters. I watched the youth. I watched the youth do their thing last week, and, 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 and they had a zeal. They, they got up there, and they did their thing, and, and it, was, it, was, it, was, it was amazing how they were acting out things, and they were synchronized, and they were doing this thing, and, and they're going to come. I'm going to ask them to come do it here because they, not that our youth don't have zeal. You have zeal. But they preached a message. Because God changed their lives. The children this evening are going to pre preach a message because God has changed their lives. So, I've, I, kept, I kept myself calm today <laughs> for a reason. Because, you, know, you know, you can't take it all in one week. You got to, so I kept myself calm. But I want you to understand There are still people that are lost. So don't lose your zeal. Because your excitement and your willingness to go, whether it's sitting by a hospital bed or speaking to someone in the youth or going to a racetrack or going to the Shepherd's Supply or going to Kentucky or going to Guatemala, don't let your zeal calm down. Don't let your enthusiasm wane, even when you lose the love of your life. 
His zeal is still there. His zeal is still there. You're still coming on Wednesday, ain't you, Brother Roy? That's right. Brother, Brother Bill and Miss Linda are shaking you out the tree, making you come, ain't they? I know it. But no, they don't have to make him come. He wants to come. You get it? You get it? Miss Jean. She said, Brother David, you know how she get. I want you to know, it ain't that I ain't at that church because you black. <laughs> I said, I know, Miss Jean. She said, let me tell you something. She said, I just don't want to get out right now. I'm trying to get back. I said, I got you. She said, I want you to know. I still love the Lord. I said, Miss Jean, I ain't never doubted it. And she ain't. That was funny, though. I tried not to laugh, but I had to laugh at it because that was funny. And she said that as her, she's 93 years old, her zeal has not quit. Get the junk out of your life. Get your zeal back. Get your purpose, okay? Get, get it back, but get the junk out of your life. Y'all would have really learned from our son. And Chris started it. He brought it up, and he's like, man, where do I, what do I do? And then he said, what did you say? You said, well, it's just a matter of me just cutting this out, isn't it? I said, there you go. Cut the junk out of your life. Start living for God. Get your zeal back and run like crazy towards the next lost person. Run. Run. Catch them off guard. You know what I mean? It's like I, I told my kids when they were little. When somebody bothers them, I said, next time they bother you, I said, just run after them, run by them. And as you run by them, grab their hair and keep running. <laughs> it's going to catch them off guard. They're going to do this. And then as they lean forward, let go. They'll leave you alone. And then they'll want to know how you learned that. Run up to them with Jesus. Catch them off guard. And they want to know, why are you so joyful? I don't care if it's a corporate lawyer or not. Matters not. Oh, uh, we got an invitation. <laughs> I'm, 